0: Thank you for all those who support the show. And I just remind you again, if you'd like to make a small contribution to the monthly costs of hosting the podcast, just click on the words support the show in the show notes underneath the description of the particular episode. So now, with the Easter season finished, we have two Sundays in which we reflect upon the mysteries of Christ and also, today, the Most Holy Trinity. This doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity, this teaching, is something that comes out of the central mystery of the Christian faith. And this is important to say because not every religious person and not every system of belief in the world includes the Trinity. It's only Christians who believe so and not because we have decided that it is so, but rather because it has been revealed to us. Truly it would never have been known had not God shown us. Very often our feasts throughout the liturgical year focus on what God has done. On this feast of the Most Holy Trinity, we celebrate not only what God has done, but who God is. So who is God? As it has been revealed to us, God is a trinity of persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God is a trinity of love. The collect for today's solemnity says that God has made known to the human race this wondrous mystery. The trinity is not just a truth, But is and remains a mystery, one that we will only fully understand in the life to come, but also that we will have some insight into in this life. There is plenty that we can say about the Trinity, even if words will never capture the fullness of the mystery. Despite its being a mystery, we confidently profess our belief in the one and only God, our belief in the Father Almighty and in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. We know it to be true, not with the totality of our intellect but because we trust in divine revelation. All three, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, are worthy of being adored and glorified. Three persons, but only one God. Venerable Fulton Sheen, the Catholic bishop and great tele-evangelist, would say that just as three angles of a triangle do not make three triangles, but one triangle, so there are three persons in God but only one God. One way into the mystery is to focus on what is at the centre of beginning to comprehend the Trinity, and that centre is love. True love is always directed towards another. When two people love each other, the love is not just in one or in the other. Love must be between them, And must unite them. Love binds them together. We hear the words of St. John in this Sunday's Gospel God so loved the world that he gave us his only Son. God the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. The love is not just in the Father and not just in the Son. Love is the mysterious bond uniting Father and Son. And that mysterious bond of love is a person, the Holy Spirit. We can rightly say that the Trinity is a relationship of love, revealed to us so that we might not perish, but might have eternal life. We can also make sense of the Trinity when we consider ourselves. The Trinitarian God created us in his image and likeness. So you and I are created by love, created in love and created for love. As As we grow in appreciation of who God is, we grow in the understanding of who we are as men and women created in the image and likeness of God, who is love. God gave us life because of his love for us, and God's love sustains us at every moment. Beginning in baptism and continuing in each of the sacraments, the life of divine love persists in our souls. Another way into the intense mystery of the Trinity is to contemplate the Christian family. The family consists of people who are bound together by affection and love, which creates such a deep connection with each other that it is a communion of persons, a communion that lasts all through life and even beyond death. In the procreation of children and their education, the Father's work of creation is glimpsed. In the love and obedience of the children to their parents is made known the person and role of Christ. In the charity that brings them together in prayer and helps them to live together in harmony is perceived the work of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it, and probably you have too, that a person, usually young, says coming to Mass is boring. Also, I've heard, and you may have too, that another might say that she doesn't need to come to Mass to pray. The first comment says more about the person than it does about the Mass. The second comment contains a seed of truth, but a vast lie that ignores what God has revealed to be for our own good. No matter what the reason or excuse that you might hear about not coming to Mass, the one who doesn't come misses out on what is the greatest effect of the Holy Mass and that is communion with the Holy Trinity. In fact, communion with the Holy Trinity is the goal of our worship at Mass. Missing Mass sometimes or always is like presuming that I will be welcomed home into the house of someone whom I have never visited but knew about. It's better to come to know God in this life and to come into union and communion with the Holy Trinity at Mass than to arrive at the gates of heaven and not to be recognised.